Welcome to the Life and Legacy Show, where we discuss all things elder law, estate, and legacy planning. Hosted by certified elder law attorney, Tim Seckler, from the Seckler Law Firm. And now your host, attorney Tim Seckler. And welcome, everybody, to this week's edition of the Life and Legacy Show, sponsored by my law firm, the Seckler Law Firm. My name is Tim Seckler. I'm your host here each and every Saturday morning on Word FM, or if you're listening to this on uh, a podcast, whenever is convenient for you. Um, I thank you for listening. Today, uh, we are going to chat about, I think, some interesting things, probably one of the more common um, sort of questions I get in my practice is um, about what happens after somebody passes away, okay? So whether whether it's my estate planning clients, we're writing wills and trusts for somebody, and uh, they want to know, um, you know, what what can my kid, I name my kid as my executor, what can my kid expect when I pass away? Or perhaps if you're listening to this, you know that you are already named as someone else's executor. Perhaps you've recently loved a, a, missed a, a lost a loved one, rather, and this, uh, this information is going to hit you right on time. Um, whatever, uh, whatever the case is um, and your situation is, I hope that you find this helpful. Uh, we're going to talk about sort of the process, what post-death administration looks like in Pennsylvania, how long it takes, uh, how expensive it is, uh, etc. Um, we're going to talk about uh, why it's not the end of the world to go through probate and uh, maybe some additional um, some additional thoughts about maybe avoiding probate, depending on your factual situation. So again, my name is Tim Seckler. I own the Seckler Law Firm in Mars. We do uh, all things estate planning, wills, uh, trusts, powers of attorney. We do post-death administration, the topic of today's conversation. And we also do uh, Medicaid crisis planning. So if you have a loved one in a nursing home, a significant portion of my day is uh, is helping people uh, through that situation protect the home, protect the resources. So, uh, But today we are, are uh, going to be chatting about um, post-death administration. So... So here it is, you know, you uh, let, let's just put ourselves in a situation where maybe I've just lost uh, a loved one and I was named as the executor in their will. So what are uh, what are my responsibilities? So a couple of things and, and uh, um, generally, you know, general overview, then we'll get into some specifics. The general idea is if you own assets in your own name, when you pass away, they end up in what's called your estate. Now, if you have done a will. The will is a set of instructions for who's in charge of the estate and what they're supposed to do. If you have not done a will, then you have died, the person has died what's called intestate, dying without a will. And then it's sort of up to the judge in the the Pennsylvania's rule book as to who's in charge and what happens and who gets the stuff. So think of a will sort of as your rule book for what you want to have happen, who's in control, who gets the stuff, um, and where it goes. So let's assume uh, we're talking about a fact pattern where uh, maybe a parent passed away and a child is named as the executor of the will. So the general overview is our first order duty is to sort of be appointed. I'm going to get into some specifics here, but we need to be uh, appointed as the executor by the court. So just because your name shows up in a will doesn't mean that you have um, legally been appointed yet as the executor. The, the decedent doesn't have the opportunity to do that. It's ultimately the judge that does that. So they, they do what's called the grant of letters. Um, you petition you petition the court to have yourself sworn in as the executor or as the personal representative. And then we get what's called letters testamentary if there is a will, or we get letters of administration if there is not. And then we order some some short certificates, which essentially evidences your ability to be the executor. Think of it as sort of as the executor's driver's license, right? Now, 
now you turn into, in the first couple of months, a couple of things happen. Um, it is our primary duty and responsibility to uh, to sort of garner the assets. All right, we got to figure out what mom or dad owned. Uh, where is it? Where are the account numbers? We start to consolidate and sort of get our heads around the assets. And I, I and I guess I should put a little caveat in here. You know, this is education. This this show is education informational. Don't go do anything without the help of a lawyer um, by a wide margin and probably high 90 percent. Um, executors hire lawyers to help them through this process because it is it is kind of convoluted and complicated and you want somebody that understands uh, what needs to occur next. So let's chat about a couple of do's and don'ts early in this process, okay? So with the caveat that y- you need to reach out to a lawyer, but a couple of do's and a couple of don'ts early after you've lost someone. So do, order a bunch of death certificates from the funeral home, okay? So so it's usually the funeral home that takes care of this. Uh, in my opinion, yeah, you order a higher amount than you need. Yes, you got to pay for them, but it is a much bigger pain in the neck to get uh, the death certificates later. So order more than you need. Uh, and typically, you know, that is per like institution or, or whoever you may need to evidence uh, someone's uh, passing away. All right. So another do is do locate your loved one's will or trust documents. So, you know, if you don't, if you know you're named as the executor, maybe your dad told you you're named as the executor, but you don't, <clears throat> you don't have a copy. You need to do what you can do to track down those documents uh, and probably discuss them with an attorney to make sure that everything's proper, properly executed, and all the rest. Okay. Another thing you can do is contact life insurance uh, companies regarding the policies. Uh, They're probably going to tell you they need the letters of the short certificate, which we sort of already chatted about, which is after you've been sworn in. Uh, so often you're not going to be able to to deal with a life insurance company until uh, until they have the opportunity to see those documents. Okay, a couple more dues. Do continue to pay uh, things like homeowners insurance. So if you've got access to the checking account that is now part of the estate and you're and you uh, you know in the short term you've been appointed the executor, we got to make sure the insurance premiums paid. Um, because, uh, you know, as the executor, you are now responsible for making sure that everything is handled in a financially responsible way. We hate to see a situation where maybe we have a, a casualty, a flood or, a, uh, you know, a water line breaks or, or God forbid a fire. And, and now we don't have that house insured. So that would be a, a poor situation. And another do is, you know, go ahead and organize um, financial statements, the decedent's statements and bills to get a picture of what the assets look like, to get a picture of what debts might be out there. That's how you're going to find out, you know, are they making mortgage payments? Are they making credit card payments? Is there anybody else that we may owe some money to? So, So the general idea here is we're starting to sort out early in this process, what did mom or dad have? you know, and, and who do they owe money to? And what is the, what is the total financial snapshot? You know, so often families, uh, you know, your kids are not really aware of what's going on, uh, with the estate. And so this is a good, they're, they're sort of coming in, you know, there's this joke, joke amongst lawyers that you can tell, um, that the family was not really properly organized because the client walks in with a, with a giant Eagle bag full of papers, right? They got the grocery bag full of papers and it's just stuff that they collected as they were going through mom or dad's house. And, and we're trying to sort out together. What, what do these statements even mean? What kind of an account is it? Who do we need to contact? Who do we need to send the short certificates to and, and all the rest? So, um, do yourself a favor, you know, and, and get yourself a little bit more organized. That's a, that's a pretty tough situation to go through. We actually have a good resource, um, that, uh, that can help with this. Um, and it's actually, it's a, it's a book that my wife wrote. So my lovely wife, Robin, who's been on the show before wrote a book called, um, 
How to Change the Light Bulbs When I'm Gone. It's a book about after. And the idea here is she came up with this book after uh, she lost her father uh, to, to a long battle with cancer. And while he was terminal and, and knew he was passing away, he uh, he wrote this book that he wrote down all these ideas and he, he titled the little notebook Upon My Demise. And in that book was all sorts of information about where the financial accounts would be uh, all the way down to how to winterize the house and, and who the proper mechanic in town was to deal with and, and all the rest. And he, you know, he took it upon himself to, to jot down all these notes on what he thought his wife would need uh, in his absence. And, and I just thought, and Robin, my wife thought that that was just the most loving thing in the world. And, and boy, wouldn't it be nice to have that kind of organization in every estate. And so if you'd like to, uh, if you'd like to, to get a copy of that book, again, it's called how to change the light bulbs when I'm gone. And you can find it on, uh, Amazon or you, if you have trouble, you can uh, reach out to my office anytime. We can help you find a copy of the book. So, uh, but that's a great way to organize, um, Organize yourself to make sure that your executor knows where the stuff is. Again, um, you are uh, you're listening to the Life and Legacy Show, sponsored by the Seckler Law Firm, where great fam- uh, great families make great plans. Um, this is called the Life and Legacy Show, and, and my idea with the show is just to give you all of my ideas with regard to how to how to celebrate a life well lived and how to protect and honor the legacy once you're gone. Um, and so today what we're chatting about is post-death administration. If you have been neglecting putting, uh, getting your estate plan completed, if you haven't done your will for a while, haven't updated, haven't ever done one, or considering a trust, would like to know more about asset protection, how to protect your assets from the nursing home, from taxes, uh, you should check out one of our uh, educational materials. You can come to one of our live workshops. We have some coming up. We actually have a live workshop this week, January the 20th. Uh, it's a webinar. You can check it out. You can watch at 7 o'clock on Wednesday the 20th from the comfort of your own couch where I talk about um, my thoughts on estate planning. We talk about wills and trusts and powers of attorney and asset protection again. So that is this Wednesday the 20th. And you can find out more information or register on my website under the workshops tab at secklerlawfirm.com, S-E-C-H-L-E-R lawfirm.com. Um, all kind of information on the website. Check out some of the old blog articles. You can find old uh, shows, uh, the Life and Legacy show, etc. So, all right. So we were talking about some things you should do if you are uh, battling with just having lost a loved one and, and tro- sort of trying to get your hands around this. A couple of things you, you shouldn't do, Okay. You should not continue to act as the decedent's power of attorney, agent under the power of attorney, okay? So a power of attorney document, you know, if you've been helping your mom or dad through life, the power of attorney document is a lifetime document, and that document expires. Your your legal authority to act on mom or dad's behalf expires upon their death, okay? So you are no longer, if you had been their power of attorney during their life, you are no longer allowed to act in that capacity. Now, you may have also been named as the executor under their will, and you will soon have the authority to act on their behalf once you get sworn in by the court. But the power of attorney is a lifetime document. If the person has passed away, it is no longer valid. Okay. Another thing to not do, and, and a lot of family fights end up this way, do not distribute the deceased person's personal property until speaking with a lawyer. 
especially if, if they died um, with a valid will or a trust, because the valid will or a trust may dictate who's supposed to get certain things. And you don't want to uh, get in the situation where you've already distributed out certain assets and now we can't get them back and all the rest. That is a that's a problem for executors. And, you know, more families fight over the stuff around the house, the family heirlooms, the pictures, the photographs, the wedding albums and all of that type material. So many more family fights start over that stuff than they do over the money, and then it becomes a fight over the money. So just be careful with distributing out uh, personal property prior to talking with a lawyer. Um, another thing to not do, and don't pay large debts until you've spoken with a lawyer. Now, you, the, you know, there's a common theme here. Don't do these things until you've spoken with a lawyer. Uh, because when when we're talking about debts, if the decedent owed people money, there's a priority in Pennsylvania for who gets paid first. And if you pay in the wrong order and you pay in the wrong amounts and we can't get the money back or whatever, the executor themselves can be personally liable for making these types of mistakes. So listen, if there's a credit card debt um, and you can at least wait to get your head around the situation before you start firing off checks because maybe that credit card company, not that they don't have a valid debt, but they might fall in order of priority to some other debts if the uh, if the cash in the estate is short. So just be careful with doing that. We got to prioritize who we pay. You know, credit card company will wait a week. They might be charging interest, but that's better than making making a big mistake. Uh, and another thing is do not try to access the decedent's uh, safe deposit box. If, if the deceased person had a safe deposit box, um, certain protocols need to be followed for how we open that box. All right? Now, the state assumes that the deceased person has saved a whole bunch of uh, valuable things in that safe deposit box. And so arrangements need to be made with the Commonwealth and the bank and, and the lawyer to take an inventory of that safe deposit box for Pennsylvania inheritance tax purposes. So you can't just run in there and empty out the box. That's a mistake, and that can get you into trouble, okay? But the long and the short of all of these, we did we did some do's, we did some don'ts, is there is a whole bunch of confusing um, things that occur during this estate administration process. And although you've been named as the executor, oftentimes uh, you need a, a tour guide to go down these paths, and that's why you need to hire us, hire another law firm that's co uh, competent to, to do this work. But uh, just a couple of tips in, in here to, to sort of keep you out of trouble, okay? So, so far we've been chatting about what to do in the days and in the first couple of weeks after somebody passes away. We're dealing with um, the services, the final expenses, we are you know have the funeral service if there's going to be one. Then we get into the more drawn-out, um, estate planning or estate administration process. So the first couple of months of this, and, and the whole process can take more than a year and often does take more than a year, but this whole beginning of this process is about document collection in, in what we call garnering the assets, trying to figure out what is actually in this estate, how the assets were titled. So we're looking for statements. We're sending short certificates to banks. We're reaching out to financial institutions to find out, did the decedent own anything? What do they own? Um, at the end of the three-month mark, we're typically advising clients to pay the Pennsylvania inheritance tax uh, bill. So once we figure out how much money dad had, let's say it's an even $100,000, then um, we can pay the inheritance tax. Now, the inheritance tax return is not typically due for nine months after someone has passed away. 
but they offer a 5% discount if you pay it within three months. And so it would be a shame to miss the 5% discount. So even if the return's not ready, even if we don't have all the information we need in order to to file the estate, uh, to file the inheritance tax return, rather, we will probably be paying the inheritance tax early so as to take advantage of a 5% discount. So if dad had $100,000 and we're, it's going to the kids, that tax rate is 4.5%. So we've got a $4,500 tax bill. We may be able to save a few hundred dollars by getting that thing paid early, and we may as well save the money. All right, so once that's done, for the next couple of months, we're still collecting, we're still verifying. Um, in this initial several-month time period, you have to put certain notices in the newspaper. So creditors, if, if the deceased person owed anybody any money, then those creditors have a year to come collect those funds after the person has after not after the person has passed away, but after it's been posted in the newspaper. So you put it in a newspaper of general circulation and in the county bar journal. Uh, to do proper notice to would-be creditors of the world that the estate is open. Also, during this time period, we're doing things like sending notices to the heirs, to the kids, or to whomever else is uh, is in need of or is, is due an inheritance. We'll also do things like cancellations of subscription services, other services, automatic bill pay, that kind of thing, that are no longer necessary because we've lost mom or dad. So I hope you're finding this conversation helpful. I hope you're finding it interesting. We're all going to have uh, to lose loved ones at some point in time, and it's helpful to sort of understand this process. People think it should move a lot faster than it does. However, there's protections in here for creditors and different interest holders of why the thing takes so long. Some of it takes a long time because the courts are backed up. Some of it takes a long time because the Department of Revenue is backed up. Some of it takes a long time for a variety of reasons. Sometimes the executor is just moving slow. Uh, But... This process is typically, you know, it, it can take over a year. And, and so around the nine-month mark, the, a, a, an important step here that we don't want to miss is filing the actual inheritance tax return. So hopefully we paid it at the three-month mark, but at the nine-month mark, it's actually due. Around this time, we're working on uh, what's called the inventory, which usually is filed with the county to tell uh, to just sort of keep a public record of what was in the estate. Um and then we're reaching out to Medicaid. So if somebody was in the nursing home in particular, um, we have to find out if Medicaid had paid for any bills. So that's called the estate recovery department. We ask them if they are a creditor, we're statutorily required to reach out to them. And then, so now we're at a point like around the nine month mark where we think we have a pretty good idea of what's there. We've paid the inheritance tax bill. We have filed the inheritance tax return, and then it just turns into this period of waiting, right? We're just waiting because most of the time we don't distribute assets prior to a year from publication, and we typically don't distribute assets until, at least a large substantial portion of the assets, until we get clearance from Department of Revenue that they agree and approve our inheritance tax return. You don't want to distribute out the money and then find out Pennsylvania thinks that we owe them more money and then the estate's already empty. Okay, but once we think we've got all the creditors paid and Pennsylvania's approved the taxes and we think we're okay, we're outside of the reach of creditors, then finally it's time to sort of wrap this thing up, which can be done a couple of ways. Most of the time, it's handled relatively informally by a document called a family settlement agreement or receipt and releases, essentially telling each of the heirs, each of the kids, if there's kids, here is what the person passed away with. Here's what you're entitled to from by way of an inheritance. And sign off here if you're in agreement, and then we, we make distributions and all the heirs are essentially accounted for. 
Another way to do it is if, especially we have to go, if the uh, kids or the heirs are fighting, we'll have to petition the court. We'll have to file an accounting. So we have to show every expense we've had during the estate with a judge and petition the judge to order a distribution of the assets. This is more costly. This is more time consuming. And so we always attempt at least to uh, settle the cases more informally without having to go through all that headache. And then hopefully at that point, we're done, right? So so this is a, a long process. It is a confusing process at times. There's a lot of paperwork back and forth with the court. There's a lot of paperwork back and forth with Department of Revenue, with the heirs. Uh, and you want to make sure that you've done this right, which is why it is really important to hire a lawyer. You know, I, I've only ever met one or two folks that have tried to do this their own. And by the time they got done... It was, now I see why people hire lawyers, right? In fact, some some counties are even hesitant to swear in executors until they know who the lawyer is. And so, um, so, but that's an overview of the process. Hope you found it useful. A lot of folks talk about avoiding probate, um, and that is usually done with a document called a trust. Now, let me just, I guess, back up here a little bit. There's a couple of different ways to avoid probate. Probate, it, it, this process we've been talking about by definition applies with um, assets that go through a will. But in a lot of states, or when a lot of people pass away, there's a substantial amount of the money that goes through something called beneficiary designation. So if I have a life insurance contract or an investment account, I may name a beneficiary on that account. And when I pass away, once we got the proper short certificates and death, uh, death certificates and all the rest, the insurance company will just distribute the money out, which is quick and easy. But the challenge is that beneficiary designations don't it, oftentimes they fail in in being proper planning, meaning the only question a beneficiary designation answers is who gets it, right? It doesn't answer the question, well, what happens if that person passes away? Does it go to, you know, if my kid passes away before me, does it go to his kid? What happens if his kid is young? What if he's 17? Who's in control of that money? I don't want to give a 17-year-old a whole bunch of money. I don't want to give a 21-year-old a whole bunch of money, right? What happens if somebody's disabled? What happens if somebody goes through a divorce? You know, there's all these other types of questions that estate planning documents answer. But to use a will to answer those questions, and wills are great tools to answer those questions, we have to probate the estate, right? So if you want the advantage of not going through this probate process and having this this more important just sort of contingent planning, that's why you hear people using trusts, okay? So a tool called a revocable living trust reads from a post-death standpoint, it reads an awful lot like a will. You know, the, the person in charge is not called the executor. They are called the trustee. And the heirs are called beneficiaries, right? The beneficiaries of the trust. But at the end of the day, the trust says, give the stuff to equal shares to my kids. And trusts are administered, I'm not saying without any formalities, but but by and large with fewer formalities and fewer reporting and fewer headaches, um, than estates, than the will. So it tends to save some time. It tends to save some expense. It tends to save some headache by using a revocable living trust. So if you want to learn more about trusts um, or more about wills, for that matter, check out our webinar this week, Wednesday evening at 7 o'clock. That's Wednesday, the 20th of January, depending on when you're listening to this. January 20th at 7 p.m., we're having a live webinar where I'm talking about wills and trusts and powers of attorney and how you can protect your stuff. It's free. You can check it out. Go to secklerlawfirm.com, S-E-C-H-L-E-R lawfirm.com. Go to the workshops tab, and you can register for the free workshop. After the free workshop, we will offer you a free consultation with myself or one of the other lawyers in the firm so that we can get working on the right direction with your estate plan. 
Also, during that uh, webinar, we're going to talk about asset protection from the nursing home. We'll tell you how we use different types of trust to, do, to accomplish some different objectives. So most people find this workshop to be, to be very helpful. We call it the Life and Legacy Workshop. Uh, there are also videos on my website if you can't handle if you can't make it to the uh, to the January twentieth webinar. We also have some upcoming live workshops in February where we can get together and you can a- ask the questions live. So lots of opportunities for education. I love doing uh, the education. That's why I like doing the show. That's why I like doing the workshops. So please come check us out. Even if you don't end up working with us, this education is always free. We don't charge for the education. Um, and when we do end up working with you, we will talk to you about our flat fee pricing, which most families find to be very competitive. Um, and the process is, is ironed out pretty well. So if you have been putting off doing an estate plan delay, no longer, it has never been easier to get an estate plan to get the education you need. You can check out all these resources, the live webinar, one of our in in person workshops, you can take the life and legacy course, which is designed to help you get the, uh, not only the education, but perhaps the first meeting under your belt before we even sit down. So lots of materials, lots of information at secularlawfirm.com. I look forward to meeting you. I look forward to helping you. If the information uh, in today's show was helpful with regard to post-death administration, if you find yourself in that position, give us a call. The consultation is always free on those types of cases, and we can figure out if we can help you. If you have a loved one in the nursing home, give us a call. Those consultations are also free. Uh, and we can help you perhaps uh, save the person's house, save some other assets. Um, and if you just have any questions generally about today's show, if you have any other topics you'd like to learn more about, feel free to email me at radio at com. If you email at radio at com with questions and or show ideas, we may even have you on or who knows, but we'll get to your questions. We'll have a future uh, show on your questions and uh, and make sure you get the information you need. So thanks for listening this week. I hope to check you out here again next week. I hope you stay healthy and happy. Continue to wear that mask. Hopefully we're done with this thing in a couple of months and we can move on with an awesome 2021 and beyond. Take care. This has been the Life and Legacy Show, sponsored by the Seckler Law Firm, where great families make great plans. SecklerLawFirm.com or call 724-841-1393.